You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast with Father Ed Broom. The disciples of John approached Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast much, for your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. The Gospel of the Lord. About 200 years ago, there was a young priest that had many difficulties in arriving at ordination day, and he was under supervision of an elderly priest for a couple of years. Then they sent him to a very remote, distant parish, which was around the time of the French Revolution. And basically all of his parishioners uh, were not practicing their faith. They're involved in drinking and dancing and cursing and working on Sundays and totally oblivious to their obligation to worship the Lord. The situation looked pretty dismal, to say the least. Most priests probably would have just thrown in the towel and given up, maybe asking for a transfer to be in a parish where there is more activity. But this uh, priest, recognizing that God spoke to him through his bishop, who sent him in that place, decided that he was going to do all he possibly could to save his parishioners. And this was his program. He started off by spending long, long hours in prayer. Sometimes he spent the whole night in prayer, barely sleeping or not sleeping at all. Long nights in vigil, recognizing the power of prayer. And then when he did sleep, he decided he was going to sleep not in a comfortable bed, but that he would sleep on the floor. And then also another practice he did was is called the discipline, in which he bared his back and he actually whipped himself, so much so that the walls in his room were blood, were, were blood covered, painted red with his own blood. But one of the key elements of his victory was that he, even before he was a priest, he was already well trained in this, moved by the Holy Spirit, is that he applied himself to fasting, to fasting, in such a rigorous way that it would probably scare us uh, how he practices. Now this is what he did. So as to save time and energy, at the beginning of the week, he would throw in a pot, a batch of potatoes, and he would heat up the potatoes, boil them, so he'd have his supply ready for the rest of the week. Didn't want to cook. 
do it himself, no? Forget about fast food either, no? He would fast from food, but he did not eat fast food, okay? Know the difference, no? So what he would do was, uh, he spent some days in which uh, he simply fasted without eating at all. A day, sometimes Tuesday, two days. But normally his diet would be this. He would uh, get up at about 12 midnight. He would go to the church. He would open up the church. He'd pray. Then he would spend long hours in the confessional. But before this, he had to win over the souls. So he would eat probably about 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and he would have one potato. One potato. There's a saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. A potato a day keeps the devil away, huh? <laughs> like that one. That's my own vintage, huh? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. A potato a day keeps the devil away. So he would have a potato. Now and then he'd have two. And on Sunday he would splurge. He would splurge. He'd go to town and have three potatoes. And when on Sunday he was having his potatoes, he would be eating one, and then he'd be preparing the second. When he was eating the second, he'd be preparing the third. When he'd be eating the third, he'd be washing the pot, cleaning it, and then putting it back in his place. So it was all done maybe in about eight or nine minutes, no? So as a result of this prayer, penance, deprivation of sleep, giving himself the discipline, and he would start to visit his parishioners who were basically farmers. They started to come back to church. One and two, and then ten, and then bigger numbers. He arrived at a point where basically all of the parishioners, at least almost all the parishioners, were going to Mass on Sunday. One of his biggest obstacles was that back then, they had... Spanish, the word would be las cantinas. Las cantinas. In English, we would call that, back then they were called the taverns. The taverns would have a lot of drinking, a lot of loose women, a lot of ribald or vulgar language that was there. So this priest did war against these taverns. And he actually said this, when anyone entered into this tavern, which was like a, a place also where there would be dancing, he would say that whoever enters there, they leave their devil, they leave, they leave their garden angel at the door, and they enter in with the devil. And you know, he was able to close all the taverns. Then he was slandered, he was slandered, in which these, these people said that he had a woman. But during all this time, he prayed, he fasted, 
He disciplined himself. He slept maybe two or three hours a night. The end of his life, when he was dying, he said, I go before the Lord with my my hands empty. (laughs) He spent 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 hours a day in the confessional. I have purposely held back his name because I want you to tell me who who I'm talking about. What's that? This is the great jury of ours. Who was three years ago, when we had the year of the priesthood, Pope Ben XVI named him as the patron, as the patron of priests. So, uh, I'm telling you this story because that's the topic of the first reading. That's the topic of the Gospel today. The topic today is that of fasting. So what better way to preach on fasting than to tell you the life of a saint that really put this into practice. He did not give in to discouragement. He didn't throw a pity party. He didn't say, poor me, pobrecito yo. He didn't say that. But rather, he decided to do all within his power and they say all within his power to convert his parish. This was his prayer. Lord, send me any suffering you want, but save my parish. That was his prayer. Do we really love God? Maybe a little bit, huh? Love is measured by our willingness to suffer for the loved one. St. Faustina. Love is measured by our willingness to suffer for the loved one. Now, for we're all called to fast. I think you have to pray over this. I think you should have some type of spiritual direction. All of us are different. All of us are different. But none of us can really exclude ourselves from practicing penance. We can't do that. Jesus said that the way that we do penance, the Church can modify that. However, the call to penance is a divine mandate. So ecclesiastical discipline and divine mandate, they're different. Ecclesiastical mandates can be can be abrogated or modified. But the divine mandate, you know what that is? Jesus says, unless you do penance, you will perish. We can't change that. You can't get scissors and clip that out of the Bible. I repeat, Jesus said, unless you do penance, you will perish. That means you'll go to hell. If you want me to translate it into clear English. How are you going to do penance? Pray over it. Pray over it. But I really believe that penance can be done only if it's preceded by a fervent prayer life. First, it should be prayer. Because to be able to practice penance, you got to be strong. You got to be strong. And our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
God gives you the strength, we can practice penance. We don't rely upon God. Impossible. Two short last points. And one is this. Very rarely today do parents insist that their children practice penance. They have to do it. When I was brought up and raised, we, we had to do some type of penance in Advent and Lent. That was part of our family discipline. The past two generations, it's been totally lost, the whole idea of doing penance. And related to children and teenagers, I'd like you to listen to this point. The child never learns to say no to himself. He's going to grow up egotistic, narcissistic. Okay, say for example, a little boy, every time he wants something, his mother gives in. Every time. I want to drink this, I want to eat this, give me this, give me that. What's going to happen when those stormy, tempestuous teen years kick in, when puberty kicks in? What's going to happen? Obviously, he's going to be overcome by his sexual passions. No-brainer. How on earth will he ever resist a powerful sexual temptation if he's never said no to himself his whole life? That is literally impossible. So one of the best things that parents can do for their children is teach them to pray and listen, force them to pray because children are lazy. I've been working with children for decades. They're lazy. We're born lazy. Force them to pray. Force them. they got to kneel down and pray the rosary. Whether you like it or not, obey me. Children are lazy. God loves them, but they're lazy. Teach them to pray. Teach them to give up small things. Give up a cookie. Give up a Milky Way bar. You like Coca-Cola? Drink water. Don't put salt on your food. Little things. Little things. Done with great love. If your children, they're in the habit of practicing these small acts of penance, when they hit those tempestuous, stormy teen years of the demands of the flesh, they'll be able to rebuff these powerful passions. You got me? You understand me? Very important. Very rarely do I hear parents to tell their children that they have to give up anything. Then by the time they're 14 or 15, they're slaves of masturbation and pornography and have boyfriends and girlfriends. They're total slaves. And the fault is the parents. The fault is the parents. Saying no to yourself, saying no to yourself is saying yes to the love of God. Amen? And if it's difficult to practice penance, look at Jesus on the cross. That is the primary motivation. Look at Jesus on the cross. How much he suffered because he loved us. Shouldn't we be willing to suffer for the love of Christ? Amen.
And that was Father Ed Broom giving his sermon to us today. Father Broom is a pastor as well as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He leads a parish. He also blogs regularly at fatheredbroom.blogspot.com. We as well publish him every Tuesday at catholicexchange.com so you can check him out anytime. Thank you for joining us. Father Ed will join us once more. God love you. Have a wonderful day.